0: This morning's scripture is taken from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if ye keep in memory that what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Good morning and welcome to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence, as always. To those who are visiting, we welcome you. We invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We do want to invite everyone to be a part of the Vacation Bible School that begins tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. and we would love to fill the building and we look forward to the presence of each and every person and we are very grateful for the opportunity that we have this week. I know that if you are planning to attend you will be blessed by the rich association that you will enjoy by being with God's people and also you will be encouraged as you study from the Word of God. Today in our study, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4, the passage that Matt read for us a moment ago. We're going to be talking today about the gospel. And really, when you think about the gospel, we're talking about good news. Now, in our world today, I think all of us would agree, there's the need for some good news. Good news. I mean, you look around and you see the chaos, the unrest, the war, the violence, the hatred, the prejudice. And there's just a need for good news. Well, that's what the Bible tells us the gospel is. It's good news. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul talks about some of the rich blessings associated with the gospel. And so today I would call your attention to this theme. The first thing that we want to do is to note the definition of the gospel. When you think about the definition of the gospel, I guess you could sum it up as simply the truth of God, the Word of God, the Scriptures. For example, in Ephesians 1 verse 13, Paul said, In whom you also believed after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now, in verses 3 and 4, Paul expands on this idea of the gospel. He said, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And so when we talk about the gospel of Christ, we in essence understand we're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I guess in a broader context, when you talk about the gospel, you're talking about the scriptures, the Bible, the word of God. But that having been said, let me just suggest to you as you think about this definition of the gospel. First of all, when you talk about the gospel, there are some facts that must be believed. Now, some of those facts are very pertinent to our soul's salvation. For example, we think about the deity of Christ. Now, John introduces us to the deity of Christ in John chapter 1. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Well, Jesus Christ is that eternal Logos. In other words, he is that eternal second member of the Godhead. He is the one of whom Micah prophesied, whose goings forth are from old, even from everlasting. Jesus Christ was The Word who became flesh, John 1, verse 14. Well, what about the deity of Christ? Well, listen to Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 24. Here's what Jesus said to the people of his day. Except you believe that I am he. In other words, unless you believe that I am the divine Son of God, you will die in your sins. And so when we talk about the gospel of Christ and the facts that must be believed, one of the things we have to believe in is the deity of Jesus Christ. But there is another thing that we are called upon to believe. That has to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, back in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 10 at verse 9, Paul said, if you will confess... With your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now let me just pause there and make a point or two. Sometimes individuals in an effort to undermine the importance of New Testament baptism will cite the thief on the cross. And they will typically say, well, the thief on the cross did not have to be baptized. Well, there are a number of things that you could say in response to that. But there is one thing that we need to understand. The thief on the cross did not have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day in order to be saved. We have to believe that. Now, sometimes people will use this verse and say, all you have to do is believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Well, there's more to it than that. But nonetheless, Paul here stipulates that we have to believe that God raised his son from the dead. Well, the thief on the cross didn't have to believe that. He lived under a different covenant. He may have been baptized. Maybe he wasn't. We know that many people were baptized under the baptism of John. But nonetheless... In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks about the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, how important is the the resurrection of Christ to us? It's one of the cardinal doctrines of the New Testament. As a matter of fact, Christianity stands or falls on the resurrection of Christ. And so Paul said, basically, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, number one, he said our faith is vain. He said that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is vain. And then he said, we are yet in our sins. And so here are some things that we have to believe. Number one, we have to believe in the deity of Christ. Number two, we have to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now as we think about the gospel of Christ and the facts that must be believed, there are also some commands to be obeyed. What kind of commands would we be talking about when you talk about this broad scope of the gospel? True, there are facts, but there are also commands. Let me give you a couple. First of all, Jesus said, Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Those of us that want to be right with God, one of the things that we have to do is turn from sin. That is a command that must be obeyed. On Pentecost Day, when Peter preached the first gospel sermon, in verse 38, he said, repent. Repentance is simply a change of heart, a change of mind. I guess to use military language, it means to do an about-face. Somewhat like what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when he spoke to those who at one time had been adulterers and idolaters and fornicators and homosexuals and drunkards and revilers and thieves and extortioners. He said, but such were some of you. Indicating that at one time they had lived in these vile sins, but they had turned from that through what? Through repentance. Repentance. And so repentance is a command to be obeyed. But then also, what about baptism? In Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized. That's a command that has to be obeyed. Well, why be baptized? Well, because the Bible says when you're baptized into Christ, you enjoy the remission of sins, Acts 2, verse 38. You enjoy the washing away of sins, Acts 22.16. Jesus said that those who are baptized enjoy salvation, Mark 16, 16. And so we think about commands that must be obeyed, but then also there are promises to be enjoyed. Let me give you two promises. The first would be pardon. When you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're talking about something that will liberate you from the bondage of sin. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Well, free from sin. When you and I respond to the gospel in humble, trusting faith, repent of our sins, confess the name of Jesus, and then are baptized into Christ, we enjoy pardon. As Paul said in Ephesians 1, verse 7, in whom we have forgiveness, or in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And so we are pardoned, not from just a few sins, but from every sin. We enjoy pardon, and then we enjoy peace. Paul said, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. So when you when you respond to the gospel, these are some precious promises that you enjoy. There are a lot of people in our world today, they'd like to enjoy pardon from what they've done in the past. There are a lot of people in our world today that are crying out for peace in their lives. problem is they're looking in all the wrong places. If you want to enjoy the peace that passes all understanding, and respond to the gospel. And so first of all, we think about the definition of the gospel. But then secondly, there is the declaration of the gospel. Paul said in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received wherein you stand. Well, why declare, why preach the gospel? Well, look at verse 2 by which also you are saved. Let me sum it up in one word, salvation. That's why we preach and teach the gospel, because the gospel is about salvation. The gospel is about individuals enjoying the blessings of salvation. The Hebrew writer said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? God's salvation is great. It's a great message. I said just a minute ago that when you talk about the gospel, you're talking about the good news. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people in our world today, they need to hear some good news because when they turn on the television set, what do they hear? Bad news. When you turn on the television, you're hard-pressed, if you watch the nightly news, to find something that is positive. And yet the gospel is good news. It's a good message. It's a good story. And there are a lot of people in this community and in our world, they need to hear this good message. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Why did Paul preach the gospel? Because it was God's power to salvation. Paul understood that the missing link in the lives of many people was the gospel. When you think about individuals who have been estranged from God, and yet the gospel of Christ can take people who are alienated from their God and then reconcile them, redeem them, make them whole in the eyes of God. Now the gospel can deliver you from some things that are very important. Number one, when you obey the gospel, you will escape corruption. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about how God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That by these, that is through these precious promises, you might escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. In chapter 1 verse 20. Peter talks about those who have escaped the corruptions or the pollutions that are in the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. John said that the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. When you look at the world, you see a world that is polluted by sin. And yet when you obey the gospel, you escape, as Peter said, the corruptions that are in the world through lust. And then also... When you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, you escape the consciousness of sin under the old covenant. In Hebrews chapter 10, the Hebrew writer talks about how the law was a shadow of the good things to come. He said it was not the very image of the things. But he goes on to say that if under that old law those sacrifices had fully taken care of sin there would have been no more consciousness of sin but he said in those sacrifices there is a remembrance of sin every year well when you and i obey the gospel we do not have to carry around this excess baggage in other words you and i we're not walking around encumbered by a life of sin no the bible says concerning the covenant of the covenant under which you and I now live. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. When you obey the gospel, God not only forgives, He forgets. Those sins are behind you. He's not going to trump these things up and remind you of what you've done and what you've said and where you've been and all of this on a regular basis no God forgives and then also I would suggest that when you obey the gospel you escape the condemnation of sin Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 at verse 1 there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus think about people on prison on uh, death row they are waiting to die they have been condemned to death. Well, if you're outside of Christ, basically you're under condemnation. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 at verse 12, you're without hope. You're without God in this world. But in that same opening he said, but now in Christ Jesus you who were once far off are made near, or brought near, made nigh, By the blood of Christ, we sing the song, What can wash away all my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When you and I obey the gospel, we escape condemnation. And then finally, we escape the consequences of sin. Now here's what Paul said about sin. The wages of sin is death. That is eternal separation from God. That's why the gospel is such good news. Because here is a world lost and dying in sin, and yet through the gospel, they can enjoy deliverance. Now, think for a moment about about the world in which we live. I said a moment ago that there is a lot of bad news in our world. And there are a lot of negative things that go on in this life. But you and I, we have the greatest message known to man. You and I, we possess good news, not just temporary good news, not just good news that's isolated to a particular day or week or month, but rather we enjoy good news each and every day every day when our feet hit the side of the floor we need to be thankful to God and say what blessed people we are and we need to think about the good news that has made us free and so there is the definition of the gospel the declaration of the gospel but then the demands of the gospel what does the gospel demand of me Well. Look again at verse 2. In verse 2, Paul speaks of this gospel that he had preached to them and by which they had been saved. And note what he says, If you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. So what are we talking about? We're talking about being steadfast in the faith. It's not enough to just be baptized into Christ. That's important. That's what begins your Christian walk. That's where it all begins. That's the birth of a believer. It's the new birth, as Jesus talked about in John 3. But there are demands imposed upon those of us who belong to the body of Christ. In other words, there are some duties. There are some things that God expects of us. What are those expectations? Well, number one, God expects us to have an open and receptive heart to his word. In other words, we have to be people that are willing to be instructed. Instructed by what? By the gospel, by the word of God. As Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is inspired of God and is profitable for doctrine For reproof, for correction, listen to him, for instruction. When we open the pages of the Bible, we do so to be instructed. The Word of God is a mirror to the soul of man. And so when I open this book and look into this divine Word, I understand what God desires of me as a New Testament Christian. I take my cue from the Lord. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. As my Lord, I want to do what He says. I want to be willing to be instructed by Him. And so that's one of the demands imposed on me. But then also, not only are we to be instructed, but the Bible says that we are to be an influence for good. Think again about the good news The gospel. You and I can literally be a walking billboard for the Lord. I read this past week in the newspaper about a lady that drives around town and on her car she has advertisements. And she's paid to advertise every day as she drives around in the community. Well, you and I as God's people, we are walking billboards in word and in deed. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. In other words, we are a leavening agent for good in this world. We are a preservative. But then he also said, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. When people look at you, do they see you as a light in a darkened world? Do they see you as a leavening influence for good? Do you make the world better? Do you make your family better? Do you make your friends better? Are you making a difference in this community? Sometimes we, I think, sell ourselves short of the power of influence. Paul said, be ye imitators of me even as I also am of Christ." We are walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Insofar as we walk in the footsteps of Christ we can look back and tell other people follow us, follow our lead. So we can be a leavening agent for good. We can be an influence for good. The power of one person. When you go into a dark room and you flip that light switch what does it do it dispels that darkness well everywhere you go as a New Testament Christian you are dispelling spiritual darkness in this world people need to see the light of Christ in your life this week we have vacation Bible school and I think back when I was growing up we used to sing the song this little Christian light of mine I'm gonna let it shine let it shine Well. That's what we're doing. We are letting the light of Christ shine on a daily basis. And then finally, we are to be immovable. In verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, Be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, much as you know that your labor is not vain in the Lord. When I think about something that is immovable, I think about an object that you and I, by human strength, by human hands, cannot move. What is it God wants of us? God wants us to dig in our heels. In football, sometimes they'll talk about holding the line. That's what we're doing as Christians. We're holding the line. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Does that mean that I'm never going to make a mistake? Absolutely not, because I am a human being. I am not a perfect person. But I know that God wants me to try. And so what I'm doing as a Christian is I'm just simply saying I'm digging in my heels I'm going to do the best I can each and every day. That's what God wants. You know, if we we do our best, then we're going to be immovable. We're going to be steadfast. And that's what the Lord wants. Now, we talk about the demands of the gospel. Sometimes folks bend to the ways of the world. And quite frankly, sometimes folks lose the battle. They quit being steadfast. They're not immovable. They are, as Paul said, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Well, the beauty of that is that you can make the determination today to say, you know what, I'm coming back to the Lord. I'm coming back to the Lord, I'm digging in my heels and I'm gonna do everything I can to live a faithful life. Sometimes we just have to have the courage of a David to just say I've sinned and as God's people we would be happy to pray with you and for you. James said confess your sins one to another. Pray one for another. That might be the case that you're here today and maybe Maybe you've not obeyed the gospel. Here's the good news. You can do it today. You can respond in genuine faith. Repent of every sin. Confess the name of Christ. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. And God will add you to the church. Acts 2.47 And once you belong to the church, you're in that body that the Lord has promised to save. And if you live faithfully, the promise is the crown of life which the Lord bestows on the faithful, Revelation 2, verse 10. So today we ask you, do you have the good news? If not, would you come as we stand and sing?